I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Luka is one of my favorite players in the NBA today. The way I play the game is exactly how I love the way he plays the game. Team first, gets his guys involved. If you challenge me to score, I'm going to score. And at the same time, I'm going to keep my guys involved. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Calm. The Rockets red, glaring, gallant. Man, the one more thing, King, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, Houston. We have, have a, a trade. A, I was going to say a, a wobblem. A wobblem? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, honestly, we were talking about, uh, just right before we hit record, like what, what's our like opinion on this trade? And I don't even know if I have one because I think John Wall is the biggest question mark of all question marks right now that is there a world that he can come back and everybody's saying he looked great and pick up and he is, you know, not 85, 90% of what he used to be, or is it just not? And I don't know. Don't do uh, this to yourself. John Wall, John Wall has played 73 out of the last possible 236 games. Don't do this to yourself. Don't hope again. It's the hope that kills you. Ted Lasso. I, okay. I will say this. Are we sure the Wizards aren't going to make the playoffs over the Hawks? I mean, they're going to now, right? Like Russell Westbrook was really good for two months last year. (laughs) If the Hawks do all of this and miss the playoffs on that. (laughs) That's the take. That's the take. Now now the Hawks are going to miss the playoffs. Russell Westbrook trade means the Hawks are going to miss the playoffs. And uh, I guess we'll talk soon. No, I'm not going that far. I do think I do think it it makes the Wizards better uh, because as yeah. much as Flack and hate that you know Russ gets, he was still what third team All NBA last year, um, and yeah, he, he had was, a re- he was really good for two months. Like, yeah, he really, really, really good, good, really good stretch there when Harden was out or something before the bubble. And so anyway, um, yeah, I mean. Russ and Beal in, in Washington, they have some fun young pieces and Rui and Denny and Thomas Bryant and Burton's back on a big deal. And it's I the mean, best backcourt in the East, at least talent wise. Yeah. They, they yeah, don't fit so. well together or they don't fit that well together, but I was thinking Kimba and Jalen, but I guess eh. Beal and yeah. Anyway, I'm happy for Beal because I think, you know, Lowry I think they have a bleep. better team than last year and, yeah, I, I think they're at least they're right there and fighting for seven, eight with Indy and uh, Atlanta. Yeah, on today's show, we are going to break down the Westbrook and Wall trade a little bit more, and then we'll get into our Maps Media Day topics. Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell spoke to the media. Uh, I heard Dwight Powell get angry for the first time in the, in the, what, five years that we've covered Dwight Powell's the first time I've ever seen him frustrated or upset at a question or at something that wasn't like a basketball mistake. Uh, so you'll hear Dwight Powell, you hear that. Uh, Jalen Brunson talks about the fit with Trey Burke in the backcourt coming off the bench, as well as the, job, Nick. the competition. Yeah, I asked about the competition between him and some of the other guards on the roster. They both gave injury updates, so we'll hear from them about that. And then... Teased it yesterday. Jay Crowder spoke to Phoenix Suns uh, 
you know, radio about why he didn't choose the Dallas Mavericks. He said he left money on the table. We'll talk about how much and why he actually decided not to come to the Dallas Mavericks. So all that today. Westbrook for John Wall. The trade happened. Just one of those just woge bombs that comes out of nowhere. Like there had been rumblings about this trade maybe two weeks ago, right? It had been kind of a, a report that was out there that they had talked about this. Then it seemed to go away. It never does. Never goes away, right? It's always rumbling. We just don't hear it. Westbrook going to the Wizards. John Wall and a 2023 protected first-round pick going to the Rockets. Here's the protections on the pick. So it's a 2023 first-round pick. So that's, what, three drafts from now, two drafts from now. Uh, It's lottery protected in 2023. Top 12 protected in 2024. Top 10 protected in 2025. That's not a real year, 2025. Get out of here. Top eight protected in 2026. And so if they're still, if they still don't get it, let's say the Wizards have a lottery pick, then a top 12 pick, then a top 10 pick, then a top eight pick, the, then it becomes two second rounders. So if the Wizards suck, they get to keep their pick. So, I mean, this is a good gamble for the Wizards, I think. They're at least trying something. John Wall has given them 73 out of the last 236 games. Uh, he was an all star back in 2018, but even that year, he only played 40 games or so. He was out. I think he was out before the All-Star break or shortly after that. So I, I like this for the Wizards. I think that this is just at least they're, they're swinging. I mean, it, it's not the whole, you know, build around young talent, but you have Bradley Beal there. And if you're trying to convince Bradley Beal to, to stay and not demand a trade and all that, then you got to do something. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like almost both teams um, want to at least what we've heard from Houston. Both teams want to keep their star shooting guards and, um, you know, it looks like a deal like this is kind of uh, for that reason, you know. And like you said, with Brad Beal, Wizards are in a tough spot because they want to win to prove to Beal to keep Beal, but they don't want to, you know, just give up, you know, one of these young assets like a Rui or a Denny or something like that just for like a semi-good talent that's going to get you a seventh or eighth seed. So by swapping out these, I mean, basically, if you make $40 million in NBA, you're going to play for the Rockets at some point. And... <laughs> Yeah, so, between Chris Paul, James Harden, John Wall, Westbrook. Yeah, and they just swapped. I mean, if you're a Wizards fan, just take the names out of it. You took a $40 million contract that hasn't played in two years and turned it into a third-team All-NBA guy. And, you know, if you just want to view it that way, I think it's a, a win for the Wizards, and I think they'll be better. If you're Houston, I get it to an extent. I, I think it makes even more sense if, you know, they end up trading James Harden. But I mean, you you get a, a first round pick out of it, you know, it could be two seconds, whatever. But and then you just take the swing at it for a guy that like Russ that didn't want to be there and everything like, sure, you ship him off for another bad contract. But at least you have the UK boogie wall connection. That will be fun. <laughs> that will be UK, interesting. You get Kentucky fan base uh, buying your product. <laughs> I guess so. I guess. Yeah. And you this- lose China and you get UK. So all the, that whole Shamsrania article about all the Rockets' frustrations, like this kind of squelches, squelches, quelches, quenches, squashes. Ooh, I'm gonna bow out of my uh, out of this because I'm the one that always messes this up. Uh, it sort of like it sort of downplays some of those frustrations, right? Eric Gordon now becomes he's like their second option on offense, right? Who's I mean, unless John Wall is gonna be completely healthy, uh, and if you know if he's out, then all of a sudden it's like. You know, well, Eric Gordon's your second option. Daniel House all of a sudden can get more touches and all that. Covington. Covington's gone. <laughs> traded. Gone. They've traded Covington. They've traded Westbrook. 
so Mavericks wise though, this Rockets team misses the playoffs unless John Wall's hundred percent healthy. And even then I'm not really, you know, convinced. Yeah. I mean, if, if James Harden isn't traded before the season, it's going to, it's going to be very quick that we're going to, we're going to find out the destiny, I think for Houston, (laughs) because I think we're going to find out in the first, what, three, four weeks who John Wall is. And, you know, let's see him out on the court. Let's see what he looks like playing basketball. And if he gets out there and turns some heads and you're like, all right, wow. And there's better chemistry between him and James Harden, Christian Wood. Christian Wood was a good signing for him. And they still have PJ Tucker. Like, I I don't want to fully say they're all the way out until you see John Wall. But if you see John Wall and he's not as athletic and explosive and stuff, or if they just trade James Harden, then I'm out on it. Yeah, like the difference between John Wall and Russell Westbrook to me is that Westbrook hasn't gone through these injuries with heel, Achilles, like all that kind of stuff. I mean, that that's for a guy that relied on athleticism a lot. He's he's a skilled player, don't get me wrong. He was a little bit better shooter than Westbrook. He was, you know, 10 assists per game passer with the Wizards last last time he played full season or half a season, whatever whatever he played. <laughs> full last time he was playing full time. So he still, you know, can be effective, but I don't know, man. Like <laughs> And John Wall's 30. Don't uh, some uh, some people might think out there that he's like twenty seven something like that, but he he's already thirty. So coming off a big injury like that, I mean, I think the last time he played, I want to say Steve Nash was a Maverick, maybe Finley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's a, I think Houston Houston was a question mark before. I think it's even bigger question mark now. Of what on earth they're going to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Wizard. I th- I do think the Wizards make the playoffs though. I think that, you know, you can definitely talk yourself into to Washington as a playoff team, especially with, you know, Westbrook. If you can talk through all the well, he was in he was kind of hurt in the in the bubble and he had Corona and you're not really sure how that affected him. And like you could talk yourself into Westbrook being really, really good for you. Uh, but the the fit with Beal is what it's all about. And yeah, coming we'll, up, I'll tell you why Russell Westbrook <laughs> will start in the Eastern Conference All-Star. Oh, here we go. All right. Coming up, let's get into our Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell audio from today. I guess exclusive. I don't really see anybody else sharing this stuff, so I don't know how fans are going to hear any well, of this stuff. Yeah, they Maver- it on Mavericks Ma- are sh- yeah, Mavericks are sharing all of it. They're sharing it. All right. Well, then yeah. don't don't pay attention to what we just said. Don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. This is <laughs> this is locked on Maz. <laughs> we'll hear from Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell coming up. All right, Isaac. Let's hear from Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell. So. uh we will hear from them on injury updates on Dwight Powell getting frustrated for the first time that I've ever heard him get frustrated about an injury question, and uh, we'll do all that. But, guys, stick with us the rest of this week. Subscribe if you're not on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all that stuff. We will be getting audio every single day, delivering it to you, hand-delivering it to you, basically. Instead of going to watch, like Carlisle's presser the first day was 25 minutes. You don't want to listen to that whole thing, right? You'd rather get the stuff that you need, and that's what you're getting here. So, Here's Jalen Brunson talking about his injury, giving an update, and the reason why he didn't play in the bubble and why he was or not play, but the reason why he didn't go to the bubble like Dwight Powell did. Remember that whole conversation we had, why Dwight yeah. is there and Jalen wasn't and all that stuff? Well, here's Jalen's answer on that, since this is the first time we've talked to him since then, which is wild. Uh, shoulders 100%. I'm ready to go. Um, Plain and simple. Um, watching that in the bubble was... It was fun watching those guys compete and play, but um, I definitely would not recommend that for anybody. Um, any player who's a part of a team to be that far away from your team and not be able to contribute, not even from a vocal standpoint. Um, 
even if I was there in a the bubble, uh, I would have not not playing. Definitely would have been fun, and definitely would have been able to enjoy a little bit more, especially my team. But um, watching those guys, no, nah, it was hard. I wanted to be out there every time. Um, but uh, I think just watching that and um, going through what I went through is just I never did before, but now I definitely won't take this game for granted. And something that I've always kept in the back of my mind and something that just will always stick with me. Never take this for granted. Uh, I could have went to the bowl. Um, I think it was in my best interest now long term to get my shoulders fast, um, done as ready, done as fast as possible, as quick as possible. Um, my um, we tried to make sure that I was game shape by the time September hit and I was ready to go as if the season was going to start at a normal at its normal time. Um, and I did that and I felt ready to go then. And then um, I've kind of just been ready to go since just kind of been not overdoing it, but at the same time staying ready. And, um, and I've been ready to go for a couple months now. I think that last part is really important, right? He's been ready to go for a couple months now. This is not like a Dwight Powell where, we think that he's going to be ready to start the season, but he might be, you know, like Jalen's ready. Like Jalen's ready to go. He's, you know, I don't think that they're going to do anything where they rest him in back-to-back games or, or stuff like that. What did you take from that? No, yeah, I, I love that. And uh, I love that he's been ready. I love that he, you know, was very straightforward just about his injury, him and Dwight today, that, uh, you know, these are two, you know, it's weird that Brunson is 24, but, I mean, he's one of the, I want to say a vocal, like a leader type on the team, especially when you start bringing more young guys in like a Tyrell Terry and Josh Green, Tyler Bay, and some of these guys like Jalen Brunson seems like the type that will just immediately be one of the guys that, you know, these guys reach out to. And uh, I think him and Dwight is the same way. I mean, Dwight seems like he's 10 years older than what he is, but, um, but both of those guys clearing up straightforward that they're hundred percent, they're good to go, uh, good to go for camp and hear J- JB say that. Uh, I thought that was uh, really cool. And, but him explaining just how bad he missed it and just, I mean, you could, you could see it and you could like hear it in his voice. Sometimes people just say stuff and it's like, you feel like it's scripted. Like, all right, no player is going to say, yeah, I just kicked back at home. I, I enjoyed not being around my team. You didn't expect that, but you could see it in his eyes and like in his voice and hear it in his voice that it really did bother him. Like it legit bothered him not being with the team and not being able to fight with the team. And, uh, I think he, I think he is getting kind of forgotten a little bit on what he means to this team and kind of his role, and that was kind of a theme of some of the questions today. Yeah, we've seen him come out, and we've seen him have like twenty ten games, right, like off the bench where he or starting where he steps in for Luca or somebody. Like we've seen him have some flashes of some really good games, and that's all you really ask a guy like this, right? We talk about you know like twenty five percent players, fifty percent players, you know, guys that'll bring it on a certain percentage of nights. Jalen's, you know, he's like 25, 50% player where he can bring it like great on some of those nights, right? Yeah. And he just has to start putting the consistency together. He said he worked on his shot a lot, which I think is important. Um yeah. Another thing I don't think we talk about a lot is, you know, what these guys do as they're like hurt, right? We just, you know, hear like Dwight Achilles, like, all right, Dwight, see you in, you know, 10 months. You know, we don't really even think about what they're going through to hear him talk about, you know, oh, I'm not going to take this game for granted anymore. I think that's a really cool thing to hear from a guy that, you know, this whole big part of his life he was missing and now he, you know, is getting it back. I think that was really cool. He had a really good comment about about uh, how he was feeling. And uh, so I want to play that. This is this is Jalen Brunson talking about how he was feeling his rehab and the stuff that he went through. It was 
It was pretty interesting. Um, I couldn't sleep laying down. I had to sleep in like a reclining chair. I felt like a, I felt like dirt. I felt like an old man. I couldn't really uh, do a lot. But um, once I got cleared to be able to do some conditioning and some running and things like that, um, it made it, it gave me more confidence in myself. Because obviously, once you go through an injury, especially your first, uh, you not you don't really know what to expect going forward. And so, um, being able to go through all that and um, the running and conditioning, once I was able to do that, um, it was easy. So uh, it was a long process. It was very drawn out, but uh, every step of the way, it kept getting better and better mentally and physically. <laughs> you gotta love <laughs> Dirk just taking the shots. He's not even there. He's just chilling somewhere. If we would have done our bingo chart for media day, Dirk being mentioned was one of the squares. And uh, so we checked that one with Dirk catching that stray there from, from Brunson. But the fact that he couldn't sleep like lying down, he had to sleep in a recliner. I, I haven't had an injury like that where I have to do rehab. I've broken bones and stuff. But, you know, it, it was kind of eye opening for me to hear that. Like that's the stuff that they go through when they just, you know, hurt and they have to do all that rehab and stuff. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it took me back to random stuff and random injuries that it's like, hey, uh, you know, I've had like two um, foot surgeries, one like kind of reconstructive one uh, since I've lived in Dallas. And just that, whole, I mean, that was just like, I'm obviously not an athlete. So uh, I was like on the couch, leg propped up forever, it felt <laughs> like, and bedridden and all this stuff, full year recovery. And I can't imagine being somebody like a professional athlete that, is just dying to every uh, anyway, but yeah, yeah, absolutely wild. But poor went out for Dirk as always. Yes, <laughs> Dirk, you know he chuckled if he heard. That. Oh, I bet I was waiting for him. I, I was hoping he would retweet my video, but if he saw it, but well, uh, Dirk checks into Twitter every couple weeks and <laughs> spits fire, and then he goes. All right, here's Jalen Brunson talking about his fit with Trey Burke. Tim Cato asked him this question about, you know, how those two guys could be the two guards off, you know, off the bench for the Mavs, which I think is going to be a pretty good combination. We haven't seen them really play together. I don't think I don't I don't think that we may have seen them with Trey's first stint, but uh, Trey basically replaced Jalen Brunson in the bubble. So here's him talking about his fit with Trey Burke. And then the second question is one I asked where how does he feel? With uh, you know, the competition between him and other guards. There's so many guards in the Mavs roster now. You have they they brought Trey Burke back. They have you know Tyrell Terry. Luca's gonna play a ton of guard minutes. Josh Richardson, you know Tim Hardaway Jr. They have so many of these guards. And so, what does it feel like to be competing against somebody that you're also teammates with? And so, I thought that that you know I wanted to hear what he thought about that. And so, here's him talking about his fit with Burke and then the competition playing against playing with and playing against you know another guard. I think we do cop each other pretty well. Um, watching what Trey did was pretty inspiring. Um, it was, uh, I mean, he balled out, especially that first game. That was that was pretty amazing to watch. Um, I, I just think we can definitely complement each other pretty well. We're playmakers. At the same time, we can score. Um, we can lead. We can run the team. Um, it's. I just. Don't, I just don't think there's a going to be a, a problem with us playing on the floor together. I think it's going to be very fun. I think it's going to be. Um, interesting the way coach uh, puts us in the position to be successful. It's, it's competition. Um, it's the whole NBA. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you're always competing against something. You're always competing against yourself. Every year, there's 60 guys that get drafted. Um, so there's 60 guys that are coming in for your spot. And so no matter what the situation is, no matter what, you got to be competing against yourself. Um, and obviously, you compete against others. But most importantly, you got to keep your mindset. For me, I got to keep my mindset the same. 
uh, compete, compete, be the best person I can be, be the best teammate I can be. Um, whether it's playing or not, I'm going to be the best teammate I, I can be possible. But I'm going to make sure that there's no there's no confusion. I'm working my butt off every time I'm on the court. I'm working my butt off any time I'm in practice. Like I'm doing whatever I can to make this team successful. That's the NBA. That's the NBA. I love that quote. That's the NBA. That's what that's what it's all about. And I think those two go hand in hand, right? You're like, okay, you're you're an NBA player and you're handed a situation where anything can happen, right? You could be, you know, you could be John Wall. You're like, I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get back to play for this Wizards team. I'm talking about I'm here, Brad Beal. I'm talking about Brad Beal every day and I'm here and then all of a sudden, boom. You're traded the Rockets. You know, it's like whatever situation is handed to you, you have to just take. And so these guys, especially, you know, Jalen Brunson type or, you know, somebody, one of these guards, you have to, you know, take what's handed to you. And he's handed now. He has to compete against Trey Burke for some minutes, but he's also going to have to play with Trey Burke a lot probably too. And so he thinks their fit is great. I think that they can play together as well. I don't think that's a problem. So I thought that I was, think those you all and great Kato. stuff. You and Cato both are trying to create this drama today that there's going to be Conspiracy. some like camp, camp drama between Brunson and Burke and this battle and everything. You know me uh, and Cato so always trying to stir it up. I blame both of you guys for that. But no, I, I thought it was uh, cool that, you know, he mentioned that. And, you know, we're going to see Brunson and Burke play off each other. I was while that uh, clip was playing, I was looking at I was trying to find if they played any minutes together at the end of that season yeah. after Burke got traded here. And they've they played 35 minutes together, Brunson and Burke. And uh, it was like one positive. Lockdown Mavericks episode exactly. amount of minutes. Uh, <laughs> It, it was a positive net rating, uh, two, two and a half. No, we're not taking anything from 35 minutes. Don't bring out stats <laughs> no, from 35 minutes. <laughs> How many games I, is that? Like four, <laughs> three, uh, ten, 10 games. 10 ga- that's, uh, don't take stats from that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, I do, I do think it can work. And, uh, I think we'll, here's what, here's, I'll say this. Trey Burke obviously signed to come back to Dallas and he chose to come back to Dallas. And if they, I'm fairly confident that if Dallas pitch in their pitch to him was playing with Brunson and stuff that he was okay with it, then he believes they can play together too. So, or else he wouldn't have came back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they can. All right, coming up, let's hear from Dwight Powell. I still want to hear from Dwight Powell. And then we'll also hear from Jay Crowder on why he didn't pick Dallas. We'll hear from, hear about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's hear from Dwight Powell. But before we do, If you want to get basketball smart, not just regular smart, not just book smart, basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger Duncan podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunkdown podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's hear from Dwight Powell. This is a question about uh, his, his injury update and then what the Mavericks added. Uh, in terms of defense, the Mavericks want to focus on defense. And so let's hear from Dwight Powell talking about that defensive emphasis. Um, first question, yes, full go, ready to <clears throat> ready to get to work. Um, obviously, we haven't been playing, but uh, hopefully that, you know, game shape will come quicker um, than, than in years past now that we've really been putting in some work here in this offseason and on an individual basis. So hopefully that will um, come back quick. But, um, yeah, full go. Uh, but in terms of second question, yeah, defensive-minded is what we have to be. I think we've we've proven that we can score. We've proven that we have a lot of offensive firepower, and and we're bringing some more offensive firepower as well. They're not just you know bruisers or whatever you want to call it. These guys are skilled players that are coming in to contribute on both ends of the floor. Um, but yeah, we definitely have to 
continue to improve that side of the game. And I think that focus is going to be huge in camp. It's going to be huge um, for the whole season because as we've seen in the playoffs, it really comes down to how you can stop people um, to give yourself the opportunity to really take advantage of your, your offensive skills. So, um, yeah, that's definitely going to be a huge focus. I think that last part there is it w- was really important what he put about the new additions. They're not just bruisers, right? I think th- I think if you listen to this podcast, I think we've done a pretty good job of towing the line of like, oh, we're not just calling these guys bruisers and forcers. Like these guys can actually bring some offensive skills and you know defensive skills, and so we've tried to talk about that. But yeah, I think that that's important to note that they've brought in more offensive firepower, right? Josh Richardson can be a scorer. Yeah. It's not that you know they traded offense for defense with Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. And, you know, Tyrell Terry coming in, too. He's going to be able to bring some offense. I think Josh Green, I think one of the things I learned about Josh Green when we talked to Ryan um, from, you know, SB Nation, Arizona, is that he's he can be a pretty good passer and a playmaker. He's not going to dribble, drive, and, and, you know, drive and kick and that kind of stuff, but he's going to make some smart passes. He's going to do the right thing. He's going to be able to hit a spot-up jumper, and he's going to have some nights where he gets hot, too. And so, you know, all those guys, I think, are going to bring an offensive, you know, thing to this, this team. We're also going to have Jalen Brunson back that he wasn't there in the playoffs, and all that. So even with KP out, this team's still going to be able to score. And so I think that was Dwight's point, kind of, is that they, yeah. they focus on the defensive end because that's what's really going to matter in the playoffs. And I'm glad that's the team's focus. It's been the team's focus for years, it feels like, <laughs> rebounding and defense. But here we are again. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm just excited to see what you know Dwight looks like out on the court. And you know, we are, you know, he tore his Achilles uh, or rupture, whatever, whatever you want to say, uh, in January. Last year, so you know, this we're year. at what? Uh, yeah, this year. <laughs> uh, so we're at what? Eleven months? You know, almost uh, twelve months. But it'll be under a year since you know he he's tore it. And for a guy that is as athletic as he is and a rim rolling guy, I'm just uh, I'm really curious to see what he looks like. And he says, uh, you know, the first part of this this clip that you just listened to is that he's he's ready to go. He's uh he's ready for camp. There was some questions of people uh, and fans are like, all right, is he gonna be like kind of participating in camp? How's it and that was squashed by him today. Like he is ready to go. And uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he looks like out there. All right. So here's the question where he got frustrated. And if you know, Dwight Powell, if you listen to the show, if you're a diehard Mavericks fan, you know, he's like one of the nicest guys. He is, you know, really smart guy. You know, he'll sit down and, you know, talk to you. He will, uh, you know, go out of his way. And I've never seen him frustrated before, except for like basketball plays or misses a shot or turnover or something. And uh, here's a question by Eddie Sefko that got him. Hey, Dwight, we've seen a lot of guys uh, that have had serious injuries, uh, Boogie and, and now Clay Thompson, and and when it happens, then sometimes the other leg gets uh, overcompensated on. How, how tough is that to make sure that you're patient enough to, to, to ensure that nothing goes haywire like that? So what am I doing to prevent having an injury on my other leg is what you're asking? <laughs> Let's let's voice that. Let's bring that into the universe. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying to do everything I can to prepare my body top to bottom. I'm obviously going through a rehab right now and at the latter stages of it, but I'm also preparing for a season. And that's, um, you know, mind and body and skill. I'm trying to prepare to the best of my ability to, to compete at the highest level. So, um, yeah, there's definitely like an extra focus on not overcompensating per se on one side or the other. But um yeah, that's one of the things that I, I don't think about until, you know, I get asked directly about it <laughs> because um, I think it's better to focus on the positive, focus on what you can do. But, um, yeah, I'm not – it's not something I'm worried about. <laughs> oh, man. I, 
I wish you guys could have seen his face. You probably can on like on Mavs YouTube or something like that. But oh man, he was like, so annoyed at that question. He's like, "What do you What do you mean?" So I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna try to not get injured on my other leg. Yeah, true. Which you know, it's a conversation that does happen, right? You know, guys, it yeah. does happen to guys. It's not that Eddie's question was incorrect, but it's the fact that he asked him to his to his face. Like, are you are you gonna try not to get injured again? yeah man all i've been working for for the last 10 months is to get back to this and here we are oh man i laughed at that i thought that was funny um do you want to comment i figured you didn't you didn't want to comment (laughs) no no i was gonna say that um it is definitely something that we all think about and we all talk about it's like man overcompensating on anything uh you know durant coming back how's he gonna you know look for with something like that is he gonna you know fall into the same thing i i don't know i don't i mean i don't know what that looks like i just know as probably an athlete like him that's a, you know you don't even want to think about that you don't you want like you said he, he wants to think about the good things and stuff too so all right yeah. here's our last thing and we're gonna go long i we can go long now because i, I haven't said anything on the, yeah. on the podcast but uh so i have accepted a role with the lockdown podcast network as the nba channel coordinator as well as the lead social media coordinator and so I'm the one that checks the times for the podcast. <laughs> 50 minute pods now, boys. <laughs> and I also get to see the numbers and see why 30 minutes is beneficial. But uh, it benefits us because we can go over time. And the person that would say something is me. So <laughs> here we go. Jay Crowder spoke to Phoenix Radio, some ESPN Phoenix Radio, something. These guys have incredible radio voices. Like you listen to it and you like you listen to this guy talk about anything. He could read numbers out of a phone book and you go, oh, that's a sports radio show. <laughs> Right. Like the way this guy talks. But they asked Jay Crowder about his decision to come to Phoenix, why he came to Phoenix. And he kept he kept saying over and over again, he wanted to build something. He liked the the people there and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, he pushed the radio host. I think one of them was Gambo. And I don't know the other one. Like, I don't know who the other one was, but they were pushing back on it. Like, you know, you got other offers. Like you turned down long term money or you turned down more money somewhere else. And uh, this is Jay Crowder's answer on, you know, why basically he chose to go to Phoenix instead of going to Dallas, who apparently offered more money. We'll get into that in a minute, but this is Jay Crowder's answer. And that's fantastic to hear. I think I reported at the time, I was told that you, you know, there was there were about three different teams that were trying to get you and that you did turn down more money. Was was Dallas that team? Was Dallas the team that was offering you more? <laughs> yeah, Dallas was the team. And why Phoenix over Dallas? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get too far into it, but I mean... No, no. Let's let's get let's get too far into it. Why did you choose the Suns over the Maps? I chose it because I, I just envisioned my role. I, I envision a bigger role for myself uh, on this team. I envision um, just just when I when I, when I sat back and, and thought about it. Obviously, Dallas is a place where they drafted me, and and and, and I, I will always have love for Dallas um, and the organization and the coaching coach Rick, Rick Carlisle has done a great job of helping me build my career to what it is now. Um, but I envision myself coming over here and helping these guys. Um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you why. I just, whenever I sat back and took both phone calls and I hung up the both phone calls, I envision myself here in Phoenix over and, Dallas. And, that's and you're not talking about leaving $50 on the table. You're talking about you, you left a couple of million on the table. Yeah, I did. But but that's, that's wow. not why I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with the money. I'm I'm okay with that part. I just wanted I just wanted to build something. I just wanted to be a part of something special. And I feel like you look at uh, a team that been not been into the playoffs in 11 years. I want to be um, a part of the reason why 
uh, we got back onto to the winning to winning side and get back into the playoffs uh, playoff basketball. And I just felt like uh, it was a greater task here. Uh, it was obviously a harder task here, and I just wanted to, to buckle down and, and be a part of something special here. All right, so much stuff in there. There's so many different ways we could go with this. The first one for me is, wait, he wanted to be part of something and build something and be the reason why a team got back into playoff contention? If you just take that reason at the end, the reason he went to Phoenix instead of the Mavs is the Mavs were too good, <laughs> right? Like, if he wanted to build, he kept saying over and over, it sounded really like a stump speech, right? Like, he wanted to build something, he wanted to build something, and the Mavs have already built something. So, apparently, if you just take that reason, you know, on its own, that's the reason why. Is he wanted to be part of a worse team so he could help build something. Now, you know, him, him talking about envisioning a bigger role for him, you know, I'm I'm assuming, you know, Phoenix is committed to him being their starting four, you know, with you Yeah, know, I guess so, uh, yeah. With, yeah, with Aiton and then, you know, Bridges, Paul, and Booker. I don't want to speculate on this. I don't know anything about this, you know, Dallas's pitch or offer to him. We can talk about the money in a second, but <clears throat> the role, you know, was Dallas not committed to starting him? Maybe that maybe that was it. And to where they're like, hey, like there's some nights you'll start, but some nights you might come off the bench to where maybe Dallas, you know, wasn't as comfortable uh, with rolling with KP at the five all the time whenever he's healthy. Um, kind of what we've talked about before is like the starting unit being like a Dwight and and KP, but ending with something else. I don't know what it is. I mean, he obviously envisioned a, a bigger role for him in Phoenix and the money part of it is fascinating too because he got the full MLE from Phoenix. Right. How was he getting get more, more money with the math? I don't know how they would have offered him more money. Like uh, he's, he, and then the, the comment from the host is like, "You didn't even turn down fifty dollars. This is a couple million. How who's how are the Mavs giving you a couple million? Like what? Unless it was a sign and trade. It mu- Yeah, it must have been then. That, that's that's the only thing it could have been was a sign and trade, and I I don't know who that that would have worked with at that point. Yeah, I mean uh, they can't do Kelly Olynyk and. Derek Jones Jr., right? Like, <laughs> can't do that. Can't go down that path again. Uh, yeah, so there's so many different things in there with that. Uh, to me, though, I, I think that the build stuff around, I don't think he gave his real answer. He, I think a couple times he said, I can't really tell you. I think there's a specific reason why he wouldn't come to Dallas or he didn't want to come to Dallas and specifically wanted to go to Phoenix. Maybe it's something positive about Phoenix. Maybe it's something negative about Dallas. Maybe it's something... You know, maybe there's he has a stalker here and he doesn't want to, you know, like he doesn't want to I mean, go. Dallas did trade him. I mean, Dallas I mean, traded we, him, we, right. We have to be honest about that. They did ship him off in the Rondo deal. So but he did get his start, off. right? He Wasn't he a second-round pick? And then he, you know, became like a you know good yeah. player and got his, his start in Dallas. So he, he credited Rick Carlisle as being, you know, a guy to help start his career. But I don't think he gave his real answer. I think there's something else. I think that, you know, there's some other reason. Maybe it was that the Mavericks weren't going to start him. Maybe it was that. But I think the the whole building something, building something special, help these young guys, that's a stump speech, right? You know, a stump speech is what a politician gives when they do event after event after event. This is my pitch. This is my, you know, what my platform is, basically. And so he had either that rehearsed or that was just the reason he was going to give publicly. And so he just kept saying that over and over again. He said it in that interview maybe three or four times. I listened to the whole thing. It's probably about 10, 15 minutes. But... Uh, that's part of his, you know, stump speech. <laughs> so I don't know if that's his exact reason, but here we are. I mean, the Mavericks didn't get Jay Crowder, and that was the one guy where we were like, oh, man, that's a, a guy that went to another team. He did get a three-year deal, too. That was another big part of it he mentioned in the interview later is that the length of the deal mattered. The Mavericks were only giving him one one year. We, we know that. 
but he got a you know longer term deal in Phoenix, and so I think that was. I don't know. The, I don't know. You don't. You think that they would have given him more than one year? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I think possibly for a guy like that that can fit with a lot of people, and especially if they were already trading, they've already traded off Delon and Seth and stuff. Uh, I could I could see them giving him a multi year deal. Now, was the giving up millions of dollars meaning like the long term of it? Maybe Dallas is only willing to do two, and Phoenix did three, and that's where he was saying, "Oh, Dallas is you know." Or or Dallas was offering four. Let's say Dallas is offering four years at the full you know full limit. I don't know what it is. I'm just yeah. I don't I don't understand how the I don't understand how he would get more money from Dallas to be honest. And I don't think that these hosts have thought about it. And you know it, it makes Crowder sound really good to Phoenix fans, right? When he's like, I turned down money to come here, right? <laughs> All yeah. of a sudden you're a fan favorite. But yeah, I just thought this whole thing was so interesting. Um, a, a free agent decides not to go to Dallas. I think we, we've we've done this a couple times. Uh, is this an indi- this is an say, indictment on the that. entire Mavericks organization. Everyone hates them. No one's going to come again. Giannis, the pipe dream is dead. There's a certain portion of the fan base right now that's very excited that you just said that. Like, yeah, this is what I've been arguing on. He voiced my thoughts. <laughs> Calm down, people. It's okay if Jay Crowder didn't come. Even though I would have loved Jay in Dallas, and especially that deal, uh, it's okay. We, it's uh, just Jay Crowder. Yeah. And I understand the appeal of the Suns too to Jay. I mean, for sure. I think there, I think there definitely is something about if two teams are equal in your mind, and there's a team that haven't hasn't made the playoffs for so long, and it's like, oh, I can go be a part of something like fun and special, and getting this team back to the playoffs, and like just the whole vibe of that. And I, I mean, I, I could see how that that really is appealing. So I, I don't blame him for going there. I wish he would have picked Dallas, but I don't blame him. Yeah, right. So there you go. That's why Jay Crowder didn't come to Dallas. We'll, you know, learn more soon, but, or maybe we won't. Maybe this is the end of this, but maybe we'll, we'll talk soon. If <laughs> we'll talk soon, if the, uh, if Giannis doesn't sign or if none of these free agents sign, then, uh, we'll be looking back like, oh, they could have got Jay Crowder then. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right. We'll be back tomorrow hearing from Porzingis. Yeah. Hopefully. Tim. Porzingis, Tim Hardaway, hopefully tomorrow. So we'll hear from you guys. We'll hear, hear from them. We'll bring you guys all the audio. Training camp continues. Training camp week, media week continues. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. When Luca was going through his contract um, negotiations with Nike, um, and you saw him at one point, he was wearing Jordans. He, he started wearing a little, the other brands. I won't, other I won't, brands? You don't even say Yeah, I don't say the other so brands. He was wearing the other brands on his feet during practices in that notion. I wanted to begin Team LeBron and have Luca as my first signing uh-huh. with Nike. Oh, wow. This is what I wanted. Um, and it's, I, I don't believe that the, my guys at Nike was ready for that. Uh, and obviously they were not because he ended up going to Jordan. Yeah. And I don't even know if Luca knows this, but he will know it now. I wanted Luca to be the first signee of Team LeBron when he was going through his situation. And, um, and it didn't happen. He's still under the same umbrella of Nikes with Jordan, but I wanted him to be, uh, and that's how much I believed in him. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's going to, I feel like it's going to haunt me a little bit. It's going to haunt you. But But I I wanted him to be my guy. I wanted him to be my first guy because I I just love what he stands for. I love everything about him, both on the court and off the court. He's just a... 